Thank you for joining me for this moment around God's Word and prayer again today. Jesus, uh, in his earthly journey, uh, traveled as far north as Caesarea Philippi. It was a very rocky area. It was at the foothills of Mount Hermon. And uh, in terms of anywhere where he did teaching ministry, this was the farthest point from Jerusalem. And in Matthew 16, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do people, what, what are people out there saying about me? Who do they think I am? And this is a turning point because it's at this farthest point from Jerusalem that Jesus will start talking about his need to go back to Jerusalem and be crucified. He could have just, he could have just escaped around the, those foothills around Mount Hermon and disappeared in Damascus and avoided the cross. But he loved you and me so much that at this farthest point, at this most likely place to escape, he, he, he comes back to Jerusalem to die for your sins and mine. And, and so that's why this question is so significant. Who do people say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, You got that right. The Spirit of God revealed that to you. And then Paul says, uh, Jesus says to Peter, And I tell you, you are Peter. You've just said, I am the Messiah. So I want to say to you, you are Peter. And, and that means rock. And he's up and there. All these rock formations would have been around him in Caesarea Philippi. And he's going to play with the word rock. And he said, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The rock, um, the rock, was that Peter? Was he supposed to be the first pope? I mean, the Catholic Church has taught that for centuries. This is a very controversial passage of Scripture. But there's more than one way of understanding this. He, he was saying... Peter, upon your confession that I'm the Messiah. Because Paul in Ephesians 2 said, Jesus is the chief cornerstone of the church. And it's the identity of Jesus that is at the center of it. And he said, upon my identity, even though Peter would become the first leader of the church, on this rock, I will build my church. And I love the fact that Jesus said, I will build my church. As a pastor, I'm very relieved, in fact, that... Jesus didn't say, Jim, you will build my church. I, I'm glad he didn't to say to the church I pastor, Central Assembly, you will build my church. Jesus didn't say, we'd build his church. Let's never get it mixed up. Jesus said, I will build my church. I mean, I'm going to lock the doors and quit this job if I feel like Jesus is no longer keeping that promise to build his church. He, it's his work. It's his work through us. It's his work in us. But it's his work not our work. And that's why the work of the church is so incredibly important and holy. I know people only give them, the church sometimes their last pennies and their, every once in a while they might volunteer an hour every few months and kind of give, give the church and give Jesus our leftovers. But Jesus said, no, when, when you're partnering with me, uh, you, you are partnering with me building my church. It does leave open the question, though, so what is it that we do beside maybe volunteering our money and our time? And in verse 31 of Acts 9, we get a little insight into that. It says, Then the church through Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. This is because Saul, who had been killing Christians and imprisoning them, was suddenly confronted with Jesus himself. Jesus said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because when you're doing it to Christians, you're doing it to me. This is my church, and I'm building my church. And Saul, of course, has this major major uh, conversion, 
and becomes the Apostle Paul, who writes part of the New Testament. He, he's converted, and so some of this persecution lifted for a while. And it said the church enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. And then the next verse gives us the key to our part in partnering with Jesus. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, the church increased in numbers. So here's how we come alongside Jesus. We live in the fear of the Lord. We live obediently to him. And we live in the power and encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Let's go. Let's this week, let's obey Jesus and let's be full of the Holy Spirit and see what God does through us. And that way we partner with Jesus who is building his church. So Father, here we are. We ask that you would take our lives. Help us to live in the fear of God. If there's no fear of God in us, we repent and, 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 and we tremble at even the thought of not living in your will and obeying you. And we pray that the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, you'll fill us with the Spirit so that we will do what we do as we serve your church in your strength and not our strength. Because we praise you that you are building your church and even death and hell will not prevail against it. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Mm-hmm.